Welcome to the Select Star Podcast, your resource for innovative technology, developer topics, and more. Here's your host, Margo McCabe from the HarperDB team. Great. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the Select Star Podcast, which is hosted by HarperDB. Um, we have another awesome guest today. So today we have Graham Haythorn-Waite, who is the Vice President of Engineering at WAND. Um, I'm excited to speak with you, Graham. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me on. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah, and, and where are you calling in from? Um, I'm calling in from Nottingham in, in England, United Kingdom. Okay, so it's the, the end of your day then. <laughs> it is, yes, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time. Um, I know today we're going to be talking about a couple different topics um, and, you know, one of them being leading an engineering team, one be being the four-day work week. But before we jump into all of that, would love to just hear kind of an intro on you, your background, um, journey in tech. Yeah, sure. So um, I mean, my, my journey in tech started at a, a very young age. I think I was about five years old when my my dad came home with a with a computer it was a a Commodore VIC-20 which which probably ages me quite a bit um but there weren't that many games around um and I think my my dad realized that for the same price as as buying a game you you could buy a book which had programs in that you typed in yourself so he, he would buy quite a few of those books and I'd sit typing those programs in um, and I, I was hooked from from kind of that moment and I perhaps developed some of my debugging skills at that stage because if you if you typed it in wrong, th- those games wouldn't wouldn't run. So you had to fix it yourself. And um, I learned a lot through through that sort of early stages. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I think um, a few years on from that, once I realized there was there was a career in, yeah. in software <laughs> development, you know, that was my focus um so right through school and university I I kind of knew that was what I I wanted to do um so yeah I got a computer science degree met my now wife at university um and when we finished we we said whoever gets a job first then, you know that that's where we're going to live and she was from Nottingham and and got a job in Nottingham and we, we've been here ever since oh awesome yeah that's great. And so did you, from from early on with getting your CS degree, did you know like where you wanted to focus your efforts moving forward? I know a lot of people that I've had on the podcast kind of talk about that struggle of like when you're first learning to code and learning computer science, there's so many different directions that you can go between like DevOps, front end, back end, all of that. Did you sort of know from the beginning what you wanted to get into? Um, I think I, I just knew I wanted to be um, writing software, working with computers, um, and I think I had the had the motivation to find a find a job in Nottingham. Um, I think I was I was really fortunate in the in the role that I got was a, a very small company. Um, we were doing sort of outsource software development for for other companies, um, and having been there a few years, they then switched to develop their own product. So it was it was a far more sort of startup kind of environment. I think there was eight of us there when we when we first started. Um, we tried a few unsuccessful products, um, but then really hit hit the big time with a with a very successful product. And, and I stayed there for a long time um, as a software developer writing core parts. But then as the teams grew, I had that transition through to a, 
a management and more leadership position within that company. So I guess answering your question, did I know? Not really. Um, I think I knew where I wanted to start and then just kept my eyes open to opportunities as they presented themselves and sort of kept thinking about what do I enjoy doing? What do I want to do more of? What do I want to do less of? And, and I think that's how my career developed. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and that's definitely one of the benefits of being on a, on a smaller team or at a smaller, as you said, startup style company, because you can probably much more easily get experience in all those different areas and kind of figure out, you know, where the best fit is and, and build your skill set as opposed to being maybe um, a little more pigeonholed into, into one specific area. Yeah, definitely. There was, you know, I, I did all sorts of things in that role. Um, some more enjoyable than others, but it, it was <laughs> uh, a great, a great learning experience. And yeah, and I think even now when I've got sort of other people to to help me in those roles, I I can I can relate to those roles and appreciate the value that they bring, and you know, that I don't have to do everything myself anymore. I've got other people who can help with that. Right, that's awesome. And so. So what about the company you're at now? What it what is it that they do? And then what specifically is your is your role? Yeah, so so one um sort of really helps schools manage the the transfer of data from from their own school systems, all about the the children and the teachers and the classes um and the applications that um, the schools want to use. And we, we sit in the middle of that. We we provide a, a nice, simple cloud API for the applications to use so they can integrate with us once and then get all those different um, sort of back end connections to the different schools. And the schools know that we're looking after their data. It's secured um, and it's safely shared with the apps that they want and only the data they want to share is shared. So that, that's really where we we sit in that, in that middle space there. Okay, interesting. So do you so you're still you said as a sort of smaller company or um um I mean I, I think um relatively um, yeah. we're sort of 150 people now which is okay. quite small compared to some but is is a lot bigger <laughs> than those those 10 people places yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly. So are there are there any big sort of name competitors in the space that are doing the same thing you're doing or do you um do you feel like what you guys are working on is it is, was sort of filling this gap because there there wasn't a need especially you know with the focus on the schools yeah I think um th there's a few different companies about sort of trying to do bits of this I think um you know some of our origin story of wand was we were trying to use a, a different solution we were trying to be an app integrating with the school and using somebody else's sort of connector um and it and it wasn't very reliable it, it wasn't that easy to use and I, I think our founders said well you know we could build something ourselves to do this and then you know what if we've got this problem then other people might have this problem and that that's sort of where the idea came from oh, okay that's interesting and then so you said that you're leading basically leading the engineering team so you probably um are overseeing a lot of different projects and initiatives yeah and I think um you know one has grown very successfully across England we've got maybe 25,000 schools pretty much every school on our platform um, and we've now started branching out to Australia 
We've got a growing number of schools and um, districts starting to use our solution there and a little bit now in South Africa. So it's interesting to see the different stages. If, if you talk to a, a school or an application in, in the UK, they will say, yeah, we know one, we're probably using one, we're very well known and established. It's a very different story in those different territories around the world. Um, so that, that's quite interesting and, and keeps us thinking about you know, what we need to be doing and what service we need to offer um, and, and how our product needs to, to move and develop to, to work in those different regions. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and when it comes to specifically leading a team, is there, is there anything that you, that you like about that? You know, if there's people listening that, that want to get into a management role or, um, you know, people are always looking for sort of like tips and tricks. Like, is there anything that helps you when it comes to managing a team specifically, you know, in the engineering world? Yeah, I think, um, I, I've always been very focused on um, helping people. You know, servant leadership is a is a big thing, and I, and I think having done the role of software engineering, I know what I would have liked as a manager, um, and I and I try and be be that person for my team, and remember that it's it's those people who are who are writing the software, or building the products, and that's ultimately what our customers are, are paying for it's not the the management as such um so it's, it's remembering the where does the value come from and and how can i help make that as smooth and as enjoyable as possible i think that that's sort of what drives me and what i would like people to to remember because that, that's the sort of manager i would have liked in those roles as well yeah i think that's kind of the the age-old um you know, the golden rule of like trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes and, and do onto others as, as you want them to do for you. And it really stands true, especially in management roles of, you know, we've all, we weren't born into these roles. And so just remember what it's like um, when the roles are reversed. And that's probably a really helpful way to kind of guide you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. So, um, so I know you also wanted to talk a little bit about shifting to the four-day work week, which is really interesting. I don't think I've spoken with with anyone yet that has officially um, implemented that. And, you know, I know a lot of companies that have like the half-day Fridays and things like that, but mm. I'm curious, you know, what prompted your organization to shift to the four-day work week initially and, and what's been the turnout of that? Yeah, I think there's there's two things that, that perhaps prompted it, you know, we'd all been through a, a global pandemic and, and everyone had got forced to, to work from home. And I think there was a lot of questions about the future of work, what what's important in in daily lives. Um, and I think you know, the, the founders at Wand have always been very entrepreneurial. They're, they're open to try things and, and want to experiment. So I think that sort of planted a seed and the, the opportunity was there that, um, the ideas were floating around and I think the other part of it um, was recognizing that we had a great platform a great product at one but we wanted to try and get to a next level and that that probably meant scaling the business and the engineering team in particular so we were looking at how do we stand out what what makes us different how do we grow how do we retain people as well make sure that for every two people we hire, we're not losing one because that that makes the 
the job twice as hard to to get to a, a suitable scale so i think those, those two angles of really thinking about work-life balance and how we're going to attract and retain the best people so i think that's where the the genesis of the idea came from and we started with a, a six-month trial so we, we didn't commit to it completely but we did say to everyone in the business right we're gonna we're gonna try this for six months there's almost that onus then on people to say if you like this you know make it work so right. there was a real sort of excitement about the place um at, at trying to make it work and figure out what the challenges were so do you find I that think, people... oh sorry go ahead i say i think in in those first month or two i think it, it was a bit disorientating i think people kept stumbling across I was going to have a conversation with this person and I need a meeting with that person and I'm not sure which days are going to work um so there's a, a little bit of that chaotic start I guess of people figuring out what new work patterns were needed what what touch points now worked um, between different people and different teams but after that first month things really settled down um and we, we really got into a nice rhythm and a flow and you know those those connections were established and strengthened um yeah and, and it's been been really really good for us since then i think yeah that's that's awesome i think i could see that i could see this having the effect of people being more careful and efficient with the time that they have yeah. um you know it like I think it's kind of like when someone's about to go on vacation, you feel like they're kind of ramping up and all of a sudden able to do a lot more with the hours that they have in the day. As long as it doesn't have, you know, as long as you don't see that reverse effect of then people feeling like they have to be working longer hours or something. And, you know, um, it's it's probably interesting to see the way that all kind of balances and, and plays out. Yeah, I think one of the the first questions most people will ask when they say, well, when they're here, I'm, I'm working a four-day week. Well, what does that mean? Is that longer hours? Do you start earlier? Do you, do you, how do you fit it all in? Um, and you know, we do generally work four days. We've reduced our hours, no reduction in pay, um, and we we really do focus on that. How can we make the most of our time? Let's work out what the most important things are to do, and then let's not do the rest. Let's not do that just hanging around at the end of the day until it's time to go home because we've got no energy left Let, let's be on it all the time right and is it is it the same day off company like is it fridays off company wide or do you split it up um so that there's coverage on on every day of the week yeah we we split it up it was down to managers to to kind of allocate where the days would would sit for their team Okay. I've been very open with the individuals and, and always have a conversation with them about which days would work best for them. We provide a five day a week service, so we need to have enough coverage. And I think that's generally been the conversation I've had within engineering teams of if you all have the same day off, that maximizes collaboration and, and time together, but also leaves you exposed if you've got external commitments. Um, right. So. Um, if the support team needs you, who are they going to contact? You know, how how do you balance that sort of need to maximize your collaboration time with your external commitments? Right. Yeah, that's really interesting. So it, it sounds like once you've worked out the initial kinks and, and kind of the trial, it sounds like it's 
certainly something that has more pros and cons, at least from your perspective, and that the general attitude from the teams and from the from the employees is that they prefer it this way. Is that is would you say that's the overarching theme? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. We we've been through our trial. We we've we've said it's been a success. We we've we now we've implemented it um, completely into our teams. And I think when I talk to other technology leaders, the theme for the past year or so has been about how hard it has been to recruit good people um, and that sort of lack of talent or on the flip side, the the quiet quitting kind of people drifting away and not being engaged. I think you know, the, the four day weeks really kept people engaged and, and enjoying working with us. And it's been fantastic for attracting new people to the company. I think when when people see our job adverts or someone reaches out and said do you want to talk to us about a role that we think you'd be good for and by the way we work four days a week most people will say yeah sure tell me tell me your story <laughs> let, let me hear yeah um, and then it, it's down to the rest of the story to to really get them over the line you, you've got a great product doing wonderful things for schools we've got a good team um, you know, all those things then come in and, and gets people over the line. But I think the four day week opens the door. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. It makes sense. It it almost seems like, you know, years ago when work from home first started becoming popular, like that was sort of the bonus was like, hey, we have flexible work from home versus come to the office. And now I think that that's almost a requirement. I don't, like, I don't, I don't think maybe many companies have a lot of success if they say you're required to be in the office these exact hours, Monday through Friday, um, because it's sort of, I think it creates that same excitement of like, okay, if I can break up the week and do two days in the middle of the week at home and get some other stuff done at the same time, then when people come back in, they're kind of, you know, recharged. And then this, the four day work week is almost like a continued expansion of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think particularly within engineering teams, the the ability to work remotely is is almost a standard now. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's a it's become a requirement, and mm -hmm. um, like for us, you know, we have great offices for the people that are in the Denver area. That's totally optional to come in, and a lot of times it's the people on like the business sales side, and then pretty much all of our engineers are remote, and they enjoy having the option to come, you know, or come visit in town when since they some live like across the states, but. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine, especially as you said, for recruiting top talent, I can't imagine that being something that would draw people in to say, well, we require this amount of hours in the office. <laughs> so that's interesting. Well, that's, yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see where the, the four day work week goes. Cause I'm, I'm starting to see like more companies talk about it and asking about it. Um, there's definitely some trendsetters in the space. So I think it'll be interesting to see over the next few years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm hopeful that that more and more companies will will try this and and find how successful it is, and it becomes a a, a new standard. I think I'd I'd love to see that. Yeah. Awesome. And so, yeah, I know. Well, we talked a little bit about. Um, we already touched on, you know, sort of leading a team in general. I I think that you mentioned that your dev team had recently doubled in size. Mm -hmm. Um, is there anything like that you would recommend? to help ensure success when scaling a dev team and, and specifically if it's in like a, a short period of time, like I know some companies struggle with kind of keeping the culture fit and, and getting everyone up to speed and things like that. So it, have you seen anything that's been 
really successful, specifically when it comes to scaling? Yeah, I think um, you're right. We've gone from about 25 to, to 50 engineers within the team. So yeah, yeah doubled in size. Um, I think I, a phrase I, I've heard and, and I really like is sort of nail it before you scale it. I think it's really important that we had a, a good foundation to start with. So um, we already had a great cloud-based modern technology um, platform with some pretty good processes around how to deliver software. We all had that experience and knew how to, to get things out the door. So things were running quite smoothly already, which means adding new people, they they sort of pick up on those good habits and um, it, it's then far easier to scale. I think if you've got lumps and bumps in your process, if you've got large bottlenecks, adding more people and not addressing those bottlenecks is, is not going to be effective. I think way back in the, was it in the 70s when Fred Brooks was managing the IBM teams, he, he said that adding people to a late project makes it later. Um, and right. I think, you know, that, that's so true. You can just add more and more people asking more and more questions um, and slow the people down who, who know what they're doing, having to answer those questions. So you, you can make things worse if you if you're scaling a, a sort of poorly performing team. Right. Yeah. And I think that probably applies to any, I think it probably applies to any team in any vertical, not just in, in the dev team, you know, mm. where, as you said, make sure you have everything ironed out and you have your goals and your processes and, and as much of that nitty gritty in place, even if it's a pain. Um, because yeah, like being in the startup space, sometimes you don't have to be as diligent with like, what are the processes that you're going through? What are the things that you're doing each day? And, and, oh, what do we, what's the company do when this comes in and, and all of that. But it's, if you're going to scale that, as you said, those are going to be the first questions that people ask. And it's better to just have that documented, have that figured out, have the team agreeing on it so that it's just a really seamless sort of training process. Cause I, I can't imagine trying to go back and retrace your steps. It's just not fun for anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think the the other really important thing for probably for any engineering team, regardless of whether you're you're scaling or whether you work five days or four days, is to really look at the flow of work. I think for a long time we've been quite focused on being busy and and how busy is each person, um, but really we we want to look at the flow from from idea to solution and and where does work get stuck through that flow and that. And those kind of bottlenecks and kinks in the process, that, that's where you can add a lot of value and, and optimise the team. Um, so I think that that constant look at cycle times and flow is, is probably the kind of the key area to look at from an engineering team, you know, regardless of size, regardless of scale and regardless of four days or five days a week. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that. That makes sense. Those are all good tips. And I'm sure anyone listening um, is probably just nodding their head saying, you know, you're speaking their language. So <laughs> it makes sense. Um, so one other thing that I that I like to ask folks is, um, you know, if there's any technologies or, or anything that you're excited about, whether it's related to your work or or not, like whether it's related to a side project or just just through, you know, what you're keeping up to date with, obviously there's constantly 
new technologies and frameworks and and so many things coming into play. And, and so I always love to ask people, like, what are you keeping an eye on over the next month or six months or year? Or is anything that's exciting you that, that you want to try out? Anything that's going to make your team's life easier um, along those lines? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the perhaps the, the cliched answer you, you've probably heard a few times is the the AI uh, movement and and where that's going. I think um, I'm kind of keeping a, a curious eye on it. I, I I don't know whether I'm overly excited or underwhelmed at the moment. <laughs> I think, um, but it's there. It's not going anywhere. I think it is going to have a big impact on on lots of things that that we do. Um, we perhaps don't realise what the, the various different applications of that technology will be. Um, and then if I pick perhaps something closer to home um, for our for our lives at WAND and perhaps through my journey. So I'd always been more of a um, C sharp .NET kind of technology stack and before that C++ largely on a, a Microsoft Windows platform. Um, Wand is the first time that um, I've been working with PHP as a technology, and I think PHP perhaps has a bit of a bad reputation at times. It, it can be um, not seen as the as the greatest language, but actually uh, I've been hugely impressed. Um, it's come on masses since I I first came across it many years ago. It's got a great framework. We use Laravel. Um, which is a, a fantastic MVC framework. And, and the things that I can see my team being able to do very quickly, get great web apps out um, with all the right unit testing, um, automated tests, a nice, um, nicely laid out code, very maintainable, great delivery platform. I'm very excited about sort of working in that technology space um, and perhaps seeing where that develops as well. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. And and I certainly agree with your first point too. Um, you know, a lot of people do mention AI being something they're excited about, but I think everyone has their own reasons and curiosities and and maybe hesitancies of around what it's gonna be. And so um I think it's it's fair to acknowledge that and kind of keep that in view um since more and more people and companies are trying to get into the space. It will be, it's, it's really interesting what already there is the capability for, and then mm -hmm. what it's actually being used for, as you said, like what real use cases are actually making a difference in. And so um, it's certainly something everyone's thinking about. So yeah. <laughs> there's no harm in, in bringing that up, but, um, but yeah, I, I know we're kind of coming up on time here and that was most of the questions I had. I, I really enjoyed this conversation and it's always great to connect and, and learn about different companies out there, especially, you know, anything that's related to the data space, obviously that's kind of speaking our language. And so I always love learning about um, what different companies are doing and, um, and yeah, was, was fascinated to, to speak to someone that has the official four day work week. So I appreciate you sharing all that. You're welcome. Awesome. Well, I will um, be sure to include a link to your LinkedIn in the show notes in case anyone listening wants to get in touch. Is there is there anyone else anywhere else where you'll be, Graham, coming up, like any conferences or anything, or do you have any blogs or kind of just keeping it low key at the moment? <laughs> yeah, I think um, LinkedIn is, is probably the best place to to find out anything that that I'm up to. 
Okay. Um, yeah, so connect on there. That'd be great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I look forward to keeping in touch. Lovely. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Select Star, your resource for innovative technology and developer topics. You can find our episodes in all the usual places, Spotify, Apple, Google, RSS, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe, and share. You can learn more about HarperDB at harperdb.io.